Hello, welcome to Podcast Cold Turkey. Bienvenue au Podcast Cold Turkey. Je prends quelques secondes pour vous dire que euh, le podcast a besoin de vos encouragements sur les différentes plateformes de podcast. Donc, je vous encourage à aller mettre euh, les thumbs up, les étoiles, euh, les revues aussi. Peut-être écrire juste un mot pour vous dire si vous avez aimé l'expérience, si vous avez apprécié le podcast. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the podcast needs a bit of your help. Uh, it would be um, just so appreciated of you to put the star rating, put a little review if you appreciate it, and uh, you can actually share as well. You know, vous pouvez partager le podcast. Tout ça sera très apprécié. Et sans plus attendre, je vous laisse au podcast. Salut. Tom, how are you doing? Great, great. Thank you so much for for having us as your guests. This is this is great being on here with you and Tom. Yes, excited to be here. It's a it's a pleasure. You know, like I, you know, like listeners must be so tired of hearing me telling how much I appreciate every one of my recordings. You know, like it's uh it's my you know like I, I just moved. You know, like we we're talking about that just before recording. So I now have like that kind of man cave that I had at my other house, but you know, like it's kind of my place where, you know, like every, you know, like every stuff that's on that that's hanging on the, on, on the walls are stuff that my wife's like, you're not going to hang this here. Right. You know, like I'm like, okay, it's going in my room, you know? Like, so it's, uh, <laughs> it really is my custom designed spot. Um, For for listeners that you know, like there is a, a you know, like there is an episode with Tom, and there's there's a, a an episode with Laura. Um, there, you know, like we're talking uh, mother and a son here. But you know, like if if you haven't, just go back and and listen to you know each of these episodes, like just for kind of having a background of each. Um, well, unique their story are uh, are, but you know, like as well as you know, like I don't want to be repeating. Um, the you know i kind of the old backstory of every you know like of both of them you know like what i'm interested tonight is really to be talking about both the relation of um it's it's kind of rare that you can have a conversation about what was the what was the mother going through seeing her her son kind of self-destruct and what what is the son's kind of you know like come on my you know like i know <laughs> you know, like even, either you've been witness of seeing you know like your, your own self-destruction laura but you know like as as a son just like you're not going to tell me whatever is the kind of like the feeling you 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 had you know like either kind of feeling you're, you're getting lessons from you know like someone that's been there or whatever so i want to go through kind of all of that you know like kind of back and forth and dynamic that were that was be between you two um but the first question i need to ask is um And I, I, I'm asking this question to every one of my guests since the pandemic hit. Um, and the reason is simple. And like, I, I think we don't, our, our media don't document enough um, kind of, you know, like the, the impact it has on mental health, um, what the pandemic has of an impact on mental health. So I have to ask you, just for the sake of our listeners that, you know, um, I've not pressed pause to go listen back to those episodes of both of you, but where are you guys located and how has been you know, like the pandemic going for you both? I'm going to start with Laura. 
Well, currently I'm in, in the state of Colorado and in terms of the pandemic, yes, we've all been stricken with the, with, uh, knowing people that have had COVID or, or being around, um, restrictions relative to COVID. And, uh, so even though I'm in the beautiful mountains of Colorado, I'm not immune to, uh, experiencing some of those, what I consider to be frustrations. Uh, one of the things that I'll say is for people that are in the program, in a program of recovery, um, there are Zoom meetings and there are ways to have meetings. For example, in, in Colorado, people just decided to go meet in the church parking lot um, in distance. And so, um, you know, that's been great. I, I don't think that uh, meetings have been cut off. It is a very, very serious time for those people that are um, experiencing um, isolation because as we know, addiction is uh, a disease of isolation. So you throw the pandemic on top of it and it's a recipe for um, relapse. And unfortunately, uh, in, in some cases, people have taken their lives. The mental illness factor is, is very, very important and it needs addressing. I know that here in Colorado and Vail specifically, they have something called Vail Valley Health that that uh, reaches out and and tries to help people with their mental health issues and finance their experiences with therapists because it is just that bad. And uh, right now, I don't see an end to the dangers um, and risks of of mental health and, and well being as well as um, you know being able to maintain sobriety. It's it's always a challenge, but. There are options to um, connecting with other people and to reaching out to other people that you may know that are possibly experiencing some pretty difficult, dark times. It's it's really a serious issue. How about you, Tom? Yeah, I was, um, when we did the first uh uh, podcast. I was living in in California, and now I'm living in in Colorado Springs. I moved. I'm actually back in California right now um, for a short little short little trip. But um, I can say that when I was here uh, in in California, that everything shut down um, at least for a couple of months, and and then. We had Zoom meetings. Um, we started meeting in person. Uh, we kind of just snuck in and yep. started doing our thing, and um, kind of kept it small. and And that was um, that was amazing because you didn't don't really you kind of take it for granted, um, you know, going in and, and being with a, a, a group of people and seeing them every week or. Um, you know, and, and hugging and the shaking of the hands and, and just being in the presence of another human being. Um, and then you take all that away and it's on, on zoom and that's, it, it still works. Uh, but it's not the same. Um, so it was, uh, it just changed things a lot. Um, and I think now, um, you know, in, in Colorado Springs, my meetings are in person and, um, uh, I'm super grateful for that because I just, I, I just love 
you know, the, the human interaction and, mm-hmm. and being physically present with, you know, a group of other people. It just makes me yes. feel better that way. Um, but yeah, oh. there, there, you know, through, throughout this whole thing, there definitely was, it definitely is a huge uh, impact on, on anybody that struggles with, with mental illness. Um, definitely. And I think those numbers are starting to come out now. That there's a few questions that comes into mind. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday about how I actually was never able to recreate, um, and I probably haven't given it enough of a chance. But I had I I had a hard time recreating the um, warmth and the kind of you know like the the contact or the you know like the the that you know like that i did in in physical you know like i was able to do it in you know like physically you know like it's it's okay but you know like when i started doing zoom meetings i was like i don't get it you know like you know like i'm 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 i feel so disconnected from that connection you know like it's you know it was and and actually here when it started um a lot of rooms got zoom bombed and you know, like there were people, you know, like you could hear like beer bottles clinking, and you know, like you could hear, you know, like it was bad. You know, like people came bare chested uh, with with a bottle of beer, and you know, like they were, you know, like people chain smoked, for example. You know, like where you know, like people got triggered by that, and you know, like there were there were a lot of stuff going on where I think AA had like almost right off the bat they had like their their lines of conduct that you know like they they. They published mm-hmm. on the um, word services, but NA didn't have them. So, so they were like, so what's the, should we kick someone out? You know, like if, if someone throws some, some, you know, some, I don't know, like some, some, you know, like for swears, for example, or, or, you know, says stuff that, you know, I can really trigger some, you know, people in the room, you know, like, am I, you know, like, am I allowed to kick him out? And, you know, like there were a lot of questions. And so, it was really tough, you know, like I, w- I would be attending and then you would see that guy like obviously under influence, but, you know, like, I, you know, like I was kind of in between um, where, you know, like, should I still be willing or, or open to help? Or, you know, like I, I'm, I'm more worried about the people that are actually in the room for the mm-hmm. right reasons that or i'm not saying that he's not there for the right reason but you know like you know what i'm saying like it's yeah. it, it was just yeah you know, i wouldn't allow someone to come at a meeting with a 12 pack of beer right i would just stop in the door and be like hey buddy you know, like what the fuck are you yeah. doing you know <laughs> it, it, it is so strange i mean you know first of all you know we're it's all about in life to me having that connection with people and uh, that's what I love about the meetings because you can bear your heart and soul. You can laugh, you can cry. It can be light, it can be heavy, but it's real. And on Zoom, it, it's a little stilted to me. And when I'm looking at someone while they're lying in their bed on a Zoom meeting or eating a cheeseburger, I have a really hard time with my acceptance. It, it, and and so you know, do I stay on or do I flip the screen if there are more than you know twelve people or whatever and move it over? I I, I just it, the I don't know who I am to say that I don't really like the etiquette. Yes, we have been zoom bombed, and I've been zoom bombed by um, our meetings have been zoom bombed by 
people that don't necessarily speak English that just get in there and crank music really loud and 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 you, then you find a password and you switch your switch your password and switch your meeting number or whatever. But I think right now it seems to me that a lot of people in Colorado are meeting in person still. I know that that my home group meeting is here, and I'm and I'm really happy about that. And uh, people aren't wearing masks. And um, but anyway, I, that's a whole. Pl- well, it shouldn't be a political discussion, but um, that's. A and whole I don't want make. I don't want to make it. You know, like a political discussion. That's that's. You know, like right now we're kind of in a situation where you're. you're it. it it seems I I totally get the feeling. You know, like you you have this discussion and you're thinking in your mind, you're like, "Am I am I walking on thin ice right now?" Which is, yeah. well, fuck no, I'm not. You know, like I'm just saying that. You know, like I, if I sit next to another human being, it 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 heals me better yes. than over a fucking webcam. You know, like that's yeah. that's not political oh. at all. You know, like there's nothing political about what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> No, there's nothing political about that at all. I started to get into the COVID conversation, and that's oh, where I was getting political. And, and, well, well, you're right, Laura, but I totally understand the feeling where right now this is something that's happening, which brings me to kind of the other um, – and the, 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 the purpose of that question to you is do you feel that you know, we're underestimating the post-traumatic trauma that we're going to see? coming out of if we ever come out of that fucking thing (laughs) i I don't think that we're underestimating at all it's huge i I mean it's very real and it's really an enormous concern and should be enormous concern and uh, i think for all people whether you're in a program of recovery or not the mental health condition of uh, the average person i think is in jeopardy i mean i think that we all are are losing our tempers a little faster um Maybe not outwardly, but uh, the frustration driving down the road, people's respect for other people, feeling like you can say and do whatever you want to and and tell people how to behave. I mean, you know, hey, I'm an alcoholic. I I don't like being told what to do. I don't like somebody telling me what I need to do. I hate that, you know. And so where does the word acceptance come in? I got to really take a lot of deep breaths and say, you know, that's about them. It's not about me. Just be quiet, you know, but damn it, I'm getting real tired of it. And, and to me, I just have to lean into my program more because, uh, that's the only thing I have that can bring me, bring any sanity into this crazy situation. And, uh, you know, I, my concern is for people, um, I lost a friend the other day to, uh, a demise of, of an overdose. And, and there was a lot of isolation and, and, um, her life. And, and so I, I, I'm very, very upset and sad for, for what's happening to mankind. And then you, oh gosh, we could go on forever about this. I'm worried about people's children. I mean, I, I don't know, just growing up in a world like this, that's so agitated with everybody. I know. I know. It, it, that's, you have small children. I do. He's yeah. going to be six, you know, like, so, I mean, right now he's in kindergarten. Um, so it, preschool actually and and he's he's not required to put a mask but first graders and 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 beyond have to put a mask on <sighs> and my son my son is on a spectrum so so having him and understand like next september that he's going to be requiring to put a mask all day it's just i can't you know like i, I can't 
I, yeah, I have to take it a day at a time right now, really yeah. apply stuff. You know, like where it, I can't see myself sitting with my son, telling him that he's going to, because everything, you know, like is, is decoding of social, is social skills, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, like growth is based on, you know, like, e, e, you know, like he's, he's phenomenal, but you know, like he's got, he, he looks at her face, like you're happy right now. Okay. So that's good. You know, like, so, so he started saying for the past month, he started saying, I love you. Um, yeah. but it's by looking at her face, you know, and it, you know, like, so, so right now I go shopping with him. And so he throws that to whoever crosses our path, you know, like, so he's like, Hey, hello. And so, you know, the stranger goes like, hello, he's like, I love you. And people start to smile. Right. You know, like, and, and we were just thinking about that, like, Oh, wow. Okay. So he may not be saying that to everyone. So we started telling him, you know, like, so, okay, it's, it's that mom. And, you know, like he had like a short list of people that he was allowed to say, I love you. And, um, and I'm not kidding. Three, two weeks ago, um, I, you know, like it was Friday evening. I went to Costco and, um, my son at the cashiers goes, hello. And she's like, hello, how are you doing? And he goes, I love you. And I swear <laughs> to God, she goes, Holy shit. When was the last time that a man tells me he loves me? I love you too, son. Love you too. And I was, and I went, okay. My, you know, like just it's a sign. You know, like I'm he's not like he's not going like hello, go fuck yourself. You know, like he's like, I love you. You know, this so I was so like, it's so awesome. How can it doesn't get any better than that? And I, I am. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Distrib distributing love, you know, like, so I'm like, am I really gonna forbid him to, you know, like troll love like that? Fuck it. You know, like, go ahead, son. You know, like, you yeah. want to, you want to tell, you want to tell that you love everyone. I love you too. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I think that's beautiful. And the more opportunities he has to do that. I mean, how freeing for you to see him be able to express himself. Yeah. I, mean, I I think that the masks and so forth, we have yet to see whether or not that's going to be an issue for you down the road. Um, let's just hope it's not because that's still pretty far away. And and yeah. uh, I ran into somebody yesterday and I just happened to be trying on a pair, pair of blue jeans. And we just started talking and her husband came to the dressing room and he said, uh, those pants are a little tight on you. Do you want one a couple sizes up? And she said, oh my God. And we both burst out laughing and I wasn't sure why we laughed. The guy was super sweet. And I walked out and he said, you know, um, I have Alzheimer's. And I said, you do? I said, wow. I said, you know, you seem like you're a good communicator. He was just smiling and he introduced himself to me. And I started talking to his wife a little bit more in depth. And she asked me if I had a card because she wanted to stay in touch. And I hand her this card and it's an unraveled uh, card from our book. And she said, oh, my gosh, you're a friend of Bill's. You're in the program. She said, so am I. And wow. my husband got sober a year and a half ago. If this isn't the biggest God wink. And yeah. um, her husband, like, reached his hand out and he said, hi, I'm, I'm going to hypothetically say his name was Joe. Hi, I'm Joe. And it's nice to meet you. He did it a few times. I found it to be the most endearing thing I'd ever seen. And I thought, you know what? How would we have been communicating before if we, we couldn't see our facial expressions and we couldn't just be free to be ourselves? Like your son's story is so beautiful and it's such a lesson for adults. Like, why can't we just talk to everybody? Why do we have to be so afraid to talk to people yep. and laugh with people and have fun with them? 
But so, so many people are so fearful now that they just want to like wear their mask or not look at people or not talk to strangers. And we, you know, you tell your kids, don't talk to strangers. Well, I think that's an important thing to talk to strangers as long as they're with their, their parents. Well, it's such a weird time, Laura, you know, like, and and I'm sorry, I'm going to be, you know, like a bit, you know, like, um, throw this out there, but you know, like it's such a weird time, you know, like we're in the woke generation where, where it's all about self-acceptance, you know, like, just like accept who you are, whoever you are, you can be no one and, you know, identify yourself as nothing and accept that. Right. You know, like it's, it's kind of like the, the old thing, right. At the same time, as a parent of someone different, you know, mm -hmm. like, what worries me and scares me the most for him is the acceptance of people around him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, that kid is fucking living the life. You know, mm -hmm. like he's, he's having a blast in life. He always happy, always, you know, like, you know, like he enjoys everything. You know, like he likes stuff that spins, for example, you know, like I buy him like that little toy fan, you know, like for people when, when it's hot out there. Um, if you know, like that's his, I make his weekend buying a two buck fan. You know, are we going to go shopping then? Yeah, you're gonna buy me a fan. I sure will, son. He's like, holy shit. You know, like my weekend is, is gonna be phenomenal. I'm getting a fan this weekend. You know, like it's, it's so his life is, but, but, you know, like what, and it's weird because, you know, like social media is kind of trans, you know, it kind of transpires of, you know, like self-acceptance and accepting while at the same time, like we've had, we've never had as many standards of what social acceptance is. So, you know, like it's not, it's not him. It's, it's the, it's the perception. It's the outside perception of him that I'm worried about. You know, like it's this, um, so yeah, I mean like um it's it's just um it's just so weird, you know, like you hear about people, you know, describing themselves as you know, like I'm I'm a man, girl, non-binary, binary, you know, like whatever it is, you know, like it's just like we should all be like one big <laughs> one big family and then when <laughs> someone is just like a like a thread apart, we're just like mm you you know like you you're, you're just how the mold here you know like you should you should get back in the ranks please you know like it's it's really really bizarre you know like so yeah long uh <laughs> no it is but I, I i love the way you're thinking you're we have so much to learn by uh your son and his um just being totally real yeah it's what he knows that's it, it, it and I think it's amazing if we could all be a little bit more childlike and in, in, um, in that respect, uh, yeah. it would be, be a lot easier, I think. The, um, yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it's, it's so funny because, you know, like there was, uh, I probably shared that with either or both of you, but, you know, like there was sickness in my family. There was muscular dystrophia with my sister, brother, and my mom, you know, like, so we were five and three of them were so the only one that were healthy were my father and i um and that wasn't enough for me to learn how to let go right like the the mm -hmm. you know like kind of letting go based on the principles i couldn't you know like i you know like i had a hard time like in my everyday life i had a hard time letting go 
my son taught me, like, I had no choice. You know, like, I had to let go. And it was from that day on, it was, you know, like, he changed my life, you know, because it was mm-hmm. just like, okay, that's it. You know, like, the I love you thing was a phenomenal example for me of just like, well, you know what? You know, like, and I came back from shopping and my wife was still like, as he told everyone that he loves them, you know, like, like he did. And you know what? That's a great freaking thing. You know, like, <laughs> it's just the completely inter- changed inter- my mind on this. You know, <laughs> I had a, I, I can't really compare this, but I was at the grocery store. Uh, my kids used to say and do whatever they wanted, but we that movie had come out uh, recently, uh, 101 Dalmatians, you know, with Corella DeVille. And I'm standing there with my son, and here's this woman in line who had platinum blonde hair and bright red lipstick and a mink coat on. And he goes, look, Mommy, look. And he starts pulling on my coat, Corella DeVille, Corella DeVille. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, am I supposed to tell him to be quiet or am I supposed to just let it be and not make a big deal out of it? <laughs> did look like Cruella DeVille. Like, well, you know what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. You can't take it personally, you know what oh I mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I love that. Um, so, okay. yeah, the innocence I, of babes and out of the mouths of babes. and, and It is. You know, it's the best. It's it the is. best. And if I, I hadn't been such a control freak as a mother during my own addiction, because I had to make sure everything looked perfect, you know, on the outside. Yep. Like, oh, wear this, get your hair cut like this, do this, stand up, shake hands, do that. Don't, don't talk, talk, don't talk, be that way. Oh my God. You know, you spin your wheels and spend so much time trying to look like the perfect family. And in reality, if you just let it go, you really are the perfect family. <laughs> you, <laughs> you are? Know? I mean, so. I'm a, uh, I'm, you know, like I, it's, um, it is a challenging exercise, you know, like it, it is kind of you know, like, just, you know what, that's how it is. You know, like it's the same thing when, you know, like when, when he, you know, like he disagrees, you know, like he, he goes by mostly shouting, you know, and screaming. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. I'm good with that. You know, like scream. So he's like, no, <laughs> screams doing it, but he's like, no, I'm like, yeah, you can't go ahead. You know, like we're in the store. Everyone's listening to you scream, you know, like, Enjoy your screaming. Um, I want to go back to my regular programming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this was fun. It was. I, I, I do this every every time since the pandemic started because I'm really worried about, you know, like the 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 post-trauma of all that. You know, like I'm really worried about that. You know, like and I don't mm-hmm. see the media talking about it enough. And and Someone told me yesterday, you know, like the conversation I had yesterday was around, it is through that, it is true that, you know, like we hear about mental health in general, you know, like there are, you know, like public, um, public finance, uh, like, like public services financed uh, ads, for example, for mental health, you know, like we had like a huge wave of um, feminicide in Quebec, for example, like, well, too many, w- way too many. I mean, once too many, but you know, like there were way, way too many in a short time. And there were a lot of um, like ads around, you know, like the government telling us that, you know, like if there's anything call and and so on and so forth. And people tend to forget that alcoholism and, 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 and addiction is mental health issue as mm-hmm. well. And you know, like, it's, it's, you know, um, and, you know, feeling that, you know, like it's a, bit swept under the rug and you're like we're gonna need to be uh 
really aware of that and be on the lookout of people that you know like and and i suffer from isolation where i would ident I, you know before the pandemic i would have identified myself as a loner and i miss meeting with my people my friends you know like and i miss mm -hmm. you know i like, can and i'm always like every weekend i'm like okay are we inviting people you know like i want to see people i want to yeah you know like I, yeah i just want to meet with people because i miss it so much like almost like two years well not two years but you know like a year and you know like gonna half in you know like so so it's a bit crazy but yeah the reason why i, I want to go back is um well it's easy you know like it's, it's it's unique that you know like i can have a conversation with you know mom and son or father and son um i'm going to start with you tom how old were you when you realized that something you know like kind of in the family you know like the perfect family picture that your mom so greatly you know like defined as you know like trying to make everything perfect uh, do you remember how old you were when you realized that maybe not that perfect you know like maybe you know like something is you know <laughs> i don't i i don't know that i mean i don't know that i could ever put an uh, an age on that i'm i mean i i think even when um even when my mom decided to get sober i still didn't really understand what was going on um how old were you when she decided to get sober oh geez i was probably 18 mm -mm. okay no earlier he's about 15 16 so yeah so you you got sober four years before i did oh okay yes i did so yeah that was it about 16 yeah yeah, so I still didn't think, you know, I didn't know what was what was going on and I didn't know what was going on with me until I finally got got sober. So I So she was that good, Tom. <laughs> she was Well, <laughs> maybe she was that good and or maybe I just didn't want to look at it um or or you know, compare it to what I was doing. Um yeah. There were a couple of times when I saw her pretty drunk and one time that I was worried and the other times uh I was like all right cool my mom's relaxed let's go have fun with mom mm -hmm. and, oh so uh, you were you, you you there were times where you were booze buddies we well, well uh I think a couple I think a couple of times and uh there was an instance where um we both we all ended our nights in the in the kitchen, uh, and we kind of looked at each other and decided to go teeping. And a bunch of mm -hmm. my friends were there drunk as well. So we sure did. We were all pretty drunk, and we all went and teepeed a teepeed a house together, drunk. So that was, you know, it was fun. It wasn't any. There wasn't any like we argued a lot um, growing up. Uh, we butt heads. Um, I have to ask you, Laura, when that happened, was there like an urgency to kind of, you know, of belong belonging or it was more of kind of hiding your, your, your own perception of I'm kind of losing control. Do you mean, um, 
in which in which context going out and teeping together or yeah exactly you know like hanging hanging out quote unquote with your with your son right like which is something that you know like you know like parental you know like unless it's you know like the baseball thing or (laughs) i you know having four boys and having all their friends come in and out of the house my husband and i were always around you know he made pancakes in the morning invited him in for dinner and i remember playing chess uh, with one of my other son's friends, but then we decided, Oh, let's go teepee. I go, okay, I'll go. I'll drive. And I, I ran over a mailbox and, um, you know, I was pretty juvenile behavior. And, and that was, that was part of my, uh, amends that I made, uh, actually to them. And I called their parents and told them I had done that as part of a, uh, amends, uh, when I was into my recovery, but, um, I think that I just loved having fun. And my husband was, uh, and fun for me was, you know, hijacking a snow cat and grooming a slope or swinging from a a rafter in a restaurant or things that you would normally do when you're maybe not normally, but things that you might do when you're 16 or 17 years old. Yet I was like 45 and I, that's what alcohol did to me. I didn't get sad. I didn't get, uh, I just got a little bit more animated and I'm still a little kooky and find a lot of different things fun and funny. Uh, but fortunately I think I've matured a little bit. Um, I don't think I'll be taking my grandchildren out to teepee, but you never know. I mean, yeah, we are, we are who we are regardless of the alcohol sometimes too. Absolutely. And, and, but Tom, at the same time, so, if I understand right, you know, like from, from your friends, you know, like from, from your group of friend, you had the coolest mom, right? You know, like it wasn't like, Oh, Oh shit. You know, like, you know, mom, you know, is losing control. Was it that? Yeah. No, no. I had a cool mom. I definitely had a yeah. cool mom. And I, I didn't, my, but my, my point was like, I, I didn't really realize any of this until I got sober myself and I started realizing kind of what was normal and what wasn't yeah and so some things that were normal to me uh you know weren't supposed to be mm-hmm. what, what, so. what, what was there comments from friends though you know like around like oh shit you know like your your mom has just ran over like a mailbox here you know like or you know <laughs> no my friends my friends were laughing so they, okay you know, okay yeah yeah wow my friends like the party like i did so yeah oh no well, and i totally get it but you know like there, there's usually that you know i guess i was like i was part of that group but i was scared shitless all the time i don't know why <laughs> you know i could probably something that my you know like my parents taught me you know like I, I was scared of everything you know like so having that i i would definitely have labeled you as the coolest mom in town you know, like like oh shit you know like my 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 friend's tom's mom is you know like the bomb you know like it's it's crazy you know, like we go on those but I would have been so scared, but and I would have tr- tried to find time with Tom saying, "Wow, your mom's not like my mom." You know, <laughs> you know it's interesting. Our house was the house to hang out in, and I and it wasn't uh, often that I was in that kind of condition around his friends. I was really good at hiding it and taking the bottle upstairs and and isolating and taking a bath and drinking my bottle of red wine. So it. it Obviously, on several occasions, uh, I may have seemed somewhat festive, but for the most part, over a course of years, I, I 
it just wasn't really revealed. Now it would have been had I, had I not gotten sober, but I want to get back to your point that you asked, you know, uh, Tommy, you know, did you realize that your mom was trying to kind of make this family look perfect? Yes, I did command, uh, nice manners and courteous behavior, and there's always time for fun. Um, but in terms of my perfectionism, I came home one day and you know, there's that old joke that says, how do you piss off an alcoholic? You rearrange the furniture. Well, it also has a double meaning because when you're an alcoholic and you're a perfectionist at the same time, um, and you rearrange the furniture, it's not because you're going to trip over it. It's because you're so anal, you can't stand having anything out of place. So I came home and Tommy had like rearranged some of the furniture and pulled the drawers out and move things I had on top of the table to, to different areas of the house. And I, I actually went ballistic. And then I realized, holy shit, what a message I am getting from my son. Because I was focusing on all the wrong things. Like, how did the house look? How did they look? Not like, how are we feeling and how are we doing? Because as much as I cared and I had a big heart, I had to make it all look okay on the outside. So then that makes it okay. Yep. And, and I think that that's some of the distortion I experienced uh, in my active addiction. So I think he did realize that I was trying to make us all look perfect on the outside because he, his actions spoke louder than words. It was just brilliant what he did. You, you mentioned that um, you stopped and, you know, I took, took kind of, you know, like you, 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 you know, like you know, the matter in your, in your end, uh, four years earlier than Tom, right? Yeah. I got sober when I was 48 years old, uh, and, when Tom was, yeah. And did you, um, so how quickly do you realize that your son may have, it may, may, may be gifted by the same DNA? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I realized it when I was, uh, towards the end of my addiction, um, because of some heated debates that we had that were pretty much, um, fueled by whatever, uh, source he was abusing and, and my abuse of alcohol. It, it was really a pretty quick, uh, time period where we crossed over though. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things right in my sobriety right away, I, I had concerns and, uh, I really needed to seek the help of, uh, you know, I would say go to Al-Anon, go to Al-Anon. Well, I really needed to seek the help of a therapist because I felt like I really needed to get in and figure out, am I enabling them? What can I do to help them? What can I do to take care of myself? So I, so I stay sober so that I can help him. Um, but not enable them. And so it was a year and a half of some pretty intense therapy. It was really great. This guy was amazing. Who Tommy consequently also spent some time working with. Um, I felt like I was a little less controlling, uh, as, as my recovery went on, but I, there were periods where, you know, I would go into his room and look around and, and find things that I was suspicious of and which were pills and various other things that I knew he was in big trouble. And, uh, you know, I confronted him with it and, uh, I felt like, you know, I'm suspecting that you're abusing drugs and you're in my house and, and I don't allow those in my house. And, you know, here I am coming off the tails of, of being newly sober 
And I can't be, I, I have no place to be holier than thou. I mean, come on. I mean, we're, we're like-minded. We're stricken with the same demise. Um, and when I say demise, I mean, we, those who are stricken with addiction can, uh, and do get sober and stay sober. But, um, you know, it's in my family and, uh, and I suspected it very soon. And, and Tommy can speak to this, but, you know, I think his abuse lasted a very short period of time before he hit his rock bottom and realized, even though he had tried several occasions to, to get sober and I would stay with him. Um, for those of you listeners, um, when certain drugs, uh, cause some pretty serious withdrawals when you, when you stop cold Turkey, and in some cases it can be very dangerous. Even and, fatal. Yeah. Yes. Uh, benzodiazepine, alcohol, uh, shit, you know, heroin doesn't kill you when you quit cold Turkey, but darn, there's some other things that will. And so it was a pretty terrifying thing when he wanted to try to stop himself. It wasn't, uh, um, an easy thing watching somebody get sick. And, but the, the point is, is that he hit his bottom to the point where he was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, and, and I'm going to be quiet and let him share all that with you. Um, the question I have for you, Tom, is what kind of impact did your mom telling you that she has to stop using had on you at the time? When she told me she had to stop? Yeah. It didn't really have an impact on me. I, I was like, why? There's nothing wrong with you. You know, I was like, there, you, you're, you're, you're fine. You know, you have, I, we have fun when you're drinking. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, something that I was hoping that she would do. And why you didn't see anything wrong with the situation. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, my situation as the years went on, took a little bit more of like a violent uh, turn, like um, fighting and broken bones and, um, you know, uh, blood and all that stuff. Um, so I, when that stuff started to happen a lot, then I knew that something was off. Something was and off. It wasn't something that at the time you could have shared with your mother, you know, like even if she was using, right? Like, you know, like it, when it takes that turn, there probably already was stuff that you hid from your mom, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was. And I, I, I think that I kind of, uh, was delusional about it and made excuses for everything that happened. Uh, none of it was ever my fault. And so, um, as it kept going at the end, it started becoming more and more clear to me that, you know, yeah, this is definitely my fault and I need to do something <laughs> exactly. about it. Harder to explain whose fault it is. You know, like, like, yeah. <laughs> there's nobody around me, but it still, well, I don't know who, but someone yeah. else's fault. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I woke up one morning and, and I was, I was in a pretty bad, uh, state. And, um, I just remember thinking to myself like, yeah, I can't, I can't explain this to anyone. I mean, this is all, this is all my fault. And this is all me. This yeah. is, this is over. Like I can't, 
I can't do this anymore. And it was like emotional, uh, spiritual, physical, like bottom, like all three at once. And I was like, just like ready to surrender. Was, um, was your mom then became kind of a light in the fog or it wasn't an option? Because, you know, I got one question I had was like when she starts getting worried about you and tells you like you should try this or, you know, like and, you know, like, uh, you know, I feel like like 16, 17, I would. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. To tell no, there, me. <laughs> there was a lot of that. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah. But that time, uh, the the last time I did go up to her and, and I said, hey, like, you know, I've basically tried everything else. So, you know, will you help me out here? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Um, so so she, it she was light in the fog. Yeah, she was yeah. light in the fog. Yeah. Yeah. At the end, it was. It all worked out. But... Um, yeah, it was a scary, scary time for sure. And I, you know, like it, it, I love that because I, I tried with my son, you know, like, right. You know, like he's, he's not back yet. I hope he will, but you know, like he's, he's right now he's using, um, and you know, like it's something that I have to ask you, Laura, but you know, like one thing right off the bat, when he called me, you know, like he was actually, um, getting to a therapy that was two years ago to three years ago, you know, like I said, and did, and did three months, but you know, like when he called me, um, I was actually that it was the day I was leaving for vacation. So you can imagine I hadn't spoken to my son for a few months, calls me, he's in therapy and he's the first and he's the first person he calls, right? It's I'm sorry, dad. He's crying like a baby. He's like, I'm sorry, dad. He was 20. Yeah, 20 or 21. But he's like crying like a like a baby. He's like, I'm so sorry, Dad. I'm in therapy. I'm gonna get better. I can't wait to see you. Bye, 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 bye. And I'm like, well, you know, like I'm packing my luggage. You know, like I'm 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 going on a family vacation. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be leaving for for a week. Call me in a week. You know, like we're gonna discuss. But you know, like the first thing I had in mind is, you know, I can't be anywhere near is um is is well you know like is getting better or is well-being right you know like i can be like the taxi you know like if you you know like you didn't have a car i can be um i can be kind of objects that enables him to get better you know? <laughs> like a car or or mm -hmm. you know like a, a room or you know like but you know like i need to push him towards people that can eventually become a sponsor for example or even that you can trust and 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 confess to and and talk to um was there something similar to that for you laura to try to find like well first like the age gap <laughs> you're laughing tom you know like i you know, there must be <laughs> it's it's a really powerful question it's a really good question because i think before tommy uh, surrendered and said, I do, I, I, I need help. And I gave him a couple rehab centers to call that I was familiar with. And he arranged, made the arrangements himself and he, and he, and he got there. But, um, you know, prior to that, when he tried to quit drinking, I stood by him and watched him throw up and rubbed his back and watched him pace 
when he was going through withdrawals and spent sleepless nights staying up. And, and that night when he went to uh, rehab was the first night I'd slept in about three years. And I realized I had not been taking care of myself at all, that my sole concern, as much as I can say I wasn't an enabler, was to try to save his life. And there was no way I could do that until he was ready to do that for himself. So your question um, is is incredibly important. I think that the first juncture that we actually had to sort of lay the law down, and I realized he couldn't come back into the house, was after his first 30 days of inpatient um, treatment and after detox, of course. And then, um, you know, we we worked with some therapists in the facility that he was in, and we realized he cannot come home. He has got to go on, and he needs three more months at, a, at another facility, which he ended up going to in California. But that was a very difficult uh, time because it's so easy to say, oh, sure, come home. But, but I think that we realized with that 30-day gap that all that would be futile. I mean, he can't come back and live with us. That that would not work. And he, you know, and, and at that age, their brains are still developing. They they easily need a year of rehab to sort of reprogram and adjust. And so um, initially, Tommy was a little bit upset about our <laughs> uh, suggestion that that we we were willing to pay for another three months at another aftercare facility in California. But I think after thinking about it, he, you know, a nice 20 minute walk, he was very calm about it and came back with, he said, okay, I'll do it. Well, the same thing happened three months from then when, when we realized that he really needs another six weeks, or I mean, I'm sorry, another six months, but he could come back to St. Louis and do the outpatient six months um, in St. Louis, but he can't live in our house. And I think he also recognized that living in our house would not be a good thing for him. Mm. And um, so those boundaries became more and more clear as his, his awareness um, increased about his own um, situation and where I kept getting therapy and realized that this is his thing to figure out. It's not mine because unless he wants it, unless he wants to do it, there is nothing I can say or do that's going to change that. I can be there for him in sobriety. I cannot be there for him in active addiction. I love him no matter what, but that's that's the bottom line. And uh, those things came to, with my husband, who I think was very instrumental in uh, encouraging Tommy to seek additional help after his initial 30 days of rehab. I think he was pinnacle in, and getting Tommy to do that. He's a very Socratic guy. He's not a, uh, a general that's going to order him to do things, but we had to have a boundary. You may not come back to St. Louis. That's just, that's not an option. And then after the additional three months, yes, you can come back to St. Louis, but you can't live with us. And, uh, Hey, you know, there was a lot of, uh, spiritual help, I think through this whole process for all of us. I did not see that first one coming at all. Which one? When you said, when after I did 30 days of treatment, when they told me, um, you can't come back and, and live at this house, I was, I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad. No and doubt. I, no doubt. And I was, uh, I didn't see it coming, but everybody told me it was coming. I mean, even the other, 
even the other uh, clients that were in there with me. Yeah. I said, oh, you don't know. I said, you don't know my parents. Like after 30 days, I'll be able to go back home. And they're like, sure you will. Sure. That's what everybody says. <laughs> and they end up doing 30 more or 90 more mm-hmm. days. And uh, I was like, yeah, whatever. And then it happened. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> you know? And, and it's, it's um, I think for everyone involved in, in a parental um, triangle, I think for everyone involved, and you, you make me realize that um, that may have been kind of the, the um, one, one mistake that, you know, like we did, you know, like I'm, I'm not with the mother anymore, but we, as, as, as cushy and as safe we made, you know, like our, our, our houses, it was still a parent, it was still his parents. You know, so so he would definitely go to his mom's because you know, like he could, you know, like he was allowed more, and you know, like the the mother is, you know, like a phenomenal uh, enabler and codependent. You know, like she's great. He knew that he couldn't go come to my place because I was on. You know, like there were there were kind of some strict rules that you know, like I was just like leave leave your you know, like it's it may sound weird now, but you know, like leave your mobile phone kind of pretty much at the door in the kitchen, you know, like we're going to do other stuff, you know, like, and I'm like, I'm the tech geek here, you know, like, so, you know, like we can, we can be DJing, we can be doing stuff that he enjoys, but you know, like, and my son was, that's two, three years ago. So he was three. So we could go everywhere or go to parks, you know, like we could, you know, just hang out together. So, you know, like one thing that I would have, you know, like that I recommended is that, you know, like clean as much of your contacts on your phone as possible. Um, try to get yourself you know like kind of an objective right away you know like he left school i think in second grade of high school you know like our third grade of high school so he had you know like a, a good way to go you know like just to see himself somewhere else and um if you can find a job find a job you know like keep your brain busy while every evening i hope you're gonna enjoy attending meetings you know like so it was kind of you know like pretty much like have as little spare time as possible you know like don't mm-hmm. be bored you know like that that yes. was my the main objective is was for him not to be bored yes and that's and, all that's uh, happening right now yes yeah <laughs> you're right you know you're absolutely right you know like so and i i remember that after i think it was a month and a half or two months it was i it was pretty much seven evening a week he would attend a meeting some i would drive him to i i tried to attend as little as possible i want i didn't want him to associate the two you know like kind of doing the father-son thing i wanted him to have his own Mm -hmm. you know path to recovery and then quickly I encourage him to find phone numbers that he could call to carpool and, you know, like to be as independent and, you know, like sure enough, you know, like my son is three. So, you know, like I, I you know, have my own life to take care of. So I would be like, call this guy and this guy. Cause I knew the people. So I was like, just reach out, you know, like reach out to this guy and this guy and this guy, you know, like you're going to get a ride. And so it went from seven to five, five to four. And I was like, Ugh, you know, like I, I felt worried about that. And um, 
like I said, you know, like after a month and a half or two, um, so you didn't, you didn't work, you know, like you didn't have like a full schedule of work, right? You know, like you're, 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 you're 20 years old with, you know, like a, a you know, like a second grade of high school, you know, like, so it's going to be like a part-time job or whatever. And, um, he, he hooked back, he, he hooked back with his buddies on the video games, started playing online. And then I would, every morning I would reach out like at seven, you know, like our eight. Hey, how you doing? What's what's up with today? You know, like what today's schedule is, you know, like and 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 then one morning he doesn't answer and he's like, Oh, sorry, dad, like 8 39. He's like, I so sorry, dad, but you know, like I was up until like three. I'm like, oh shit. And like it's and I, you know, like I have that I have this all the time, but I have like feel, like a sixth sense for that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Like and so I came back from work and Look at my wife. I'm like, Ugh, I think, I think my son's slipping, which is called Tom, by the way. So it's so weird, you know, for me. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, my, oh my but <laughs> I said, I think Tom is slipping, and she's like, No, I mean, last time we saw him, he was like, you know, like you know, like he was so great, and you know, like we we kind of got back to the old Tom, you know, like like just like the you know like the Tom we love, and I'm like, yeah, but. Mm, I don't have a good feeling about this. And I would, ch- I would try reaching out to the mom and say, be really alert, you know, like just look for signs, even though there was nothing we could have done, you know, like, there, I mean, that there's nothing you can do, but it was just like, just be aware that, you know, like there is, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and sure enough, you know, like it, 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 it's, it was like, like I said, you know, like from seven meetings a week to five to three to, ah, oh, but fuck that. I don't have time. You know, like it's too much mm-hmm. and, 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 and excuses and excuses and excuses. Yes. And, um, and, and, you know, like it was being late at those, you know, ev- you know, like daily calls or daily morning calls, um, or not at picking it up at all to, you know, I, I was like, okay. It's it's over, and at some point, I just throw the que- I threw the question. I'm like, "Are you?" My guess is that you're using, you know, like you, you got back to using. He's like, "Yeah," but you know, like it's just like a little beer here, and you know, like like you know, yeah. I, I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> all right, man." You know, it's it's so hard because uh, you know we say we can't do anything. There are some things we can do. And that is try to work on taking care of ourselves and our own spiritual exactly, life and uh, practice our own program of recovery. If we're in recovery or uh, seek outside uh, help, I, I don't believe it's a parenting malfunction uh, when you have a child that's an, an addict. However, I do feel that like some of my codependency contributed to uh, maybe escalating it or just allowing it. And enabling it. Yeah. Yes. I'm enabling it. And I, and I don't know. Um, and, and by it, and by loving them too much, I mean, you know, that's a nice way of putting it that we feel like we can actually help him by, by guiding him and controlling him. And, and we can see these patterns in our children where they, they slide back into their old habits because it's so easy. And, 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 um, what is that? The idle time is a friend of the devil. I mean, you know, whatever the saying is, I think 
Um, and then in these times when, when particularly when children, uh, well, older teenagers or, or I don't know what it's like in Canada right now. Are you all back in school? Or are you, uh, are you still doing zoom classes for high school? Uh- it, there's very little Zoom classes, but, you know, like in terms of, you know, like I don't see when um, adults are going to get back to offices, for example. You know, like so so when I say adults is out of school people. You know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like so if you're not going to school anymore, um, it's, you know, like, yeah, I mean, like everyone's pretty much working from home, you know, like which is a phenomenal um if you're an addict, this is the dream life, right? You know, like it's just like, oh shit, you know, like do I look stoned to the gills on that webcam? I may need to change yeah. the webcam, you know, like so. <laughs> you know, yeah, let's, it's, let's shut it's, that light down right here. You know, <laughs> let's try. It's, a, it's an amazing experience to to be involved in this and have self awareness that. Um, to take care of yourself so you can better care for your for your children and for those people mm-hmm. around you and let them make their own mistakes and let them God, you know, you just have to pray like hell that there's no lives lost. And um beyond that, um, we just do the very best we can. And seeking our own counseling is really the best thing we can do for our own children. So I'm gonna ask um, a tough question to you, Laura. Um yes. I've, you know, like as we speak today, um, amongst the options of the outcome of what my son is doing with his life, um, dying is part of these options, right? And, um, you know, like I was talking about letting go and, you know, like my youngest son has taught me like the greatest lesson of my life of letting go. And that is exactly what I'm I'm doing with my oldest son right mm-hmm. now. Um, did you at some point were able to be at peace with the option that your son may die from that um, from that sickness? Well, that was always the fear in the thing beneath the thing. That it, was. It is always- the, I mean, it's a fear, but were you able? Because you know, like I cannot say, you know. It's, it may yes, sound I was, weird. I was, I was terrified, but I don't think I knew as much as I knew, uh, no today until after Tommy got sober and shared some of the more dangerous things that occurred yeah. during his active addiction. He, I would say he was very artful at, at concealing some of it and not all of it. I, I don't know that I was afraid that he was going to overdose. I was certainly afraid that he may get into a car accident and kill someone or kill himself. Yes. I prayed like hell, uh, which is no different than, than the praying I do for all my children. And, um, you know, I used to have conversations with my therapist about this and he, he said, well, then if he were to die, then what? And I said, well, then I wouldn't have a son who could have had an amazing life. Well, what could you have done to stop that? I mean, we had some really real conversations about it. And it the world stood still. It was very surreal. It's like, God, I can't imagine that I don't have the power to try to get give him the help that he needs so that this doesn't happen. You, you never lost contact, you know, like, uh, have you lost, you know, because, uh, you know, like for me, it's been almost two years that, you know, like I haven't spoken to my son. Actually, the last time I saw him, he was actually 
trying to pull money from me in the court of justice based on the fact that he was lying that he was going to school. So based on our, yes. our you know, like legal system here, I have to pay, you know, like kind of pension, uh, you know, as long as he goes oh, to school, geez. you know, as is long as he goes God, to school. Huh? So, so, you know, like under our, his mom's influence, you know, like the last time I saw him, he was actually bluntly lying to my lawyer. And I'm not kidding. You know, like he had bank statement that we could see that it was actually traffic. You know, like so, so he, he, w he would get like wire transfer, or electronic transfers, like 100 bucks and 200 bucks and 20 bucks. And, you know, like, and so yes. like my lawyer, which was a shark, we were just like, what is that? It's like, oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, that's what I was, that's what I was saying to you, uh, first yeah. of all, is that I didn't really lay down the hammer until after his 30 days where I said, you can't, 30 days of sobriety where I said, you can't, I was in agreement with my husband that we would tell him that you, you may not come back to St. Louis and your only choice is to do another uh, three additional outpatient. Um, well, it's not outpatient. It was still, he lived in, lived in a facility out in, in uh, California. We're not going to give you any money. You can't come home. I mean, we just, we, we laid it on the line. And I think Tommy, as he said, was very pissed, but I, we didn't have the situation prior to that. Um, I think only because Tommy's length of time of abuse was a very relatively speaking narrow window. Thank God. Yeah. And yes, Tommy was manipulative and yes, he wasn't his disease teaches him how to be dishonest, how to manipulate. It's a disease we don't like. It's what happens to their brain, um, of which we have no control over, where these situations come about. And then if we have another parent and you're not able to co-parent with the mother, I think it just makes it challenging. I'm not going to blame the mother. I'm not going to blame anyone. I just think it makes it challenging if you're not on the same page. Absolutely. I think the fact that my husband and I were united front uh, really made a significant difference in terms of how we felt we were doing as parents. And um, at the know, same it, time, you know, like there, like you said, you know, like there's, there's, if you, if you had not, if, if there was like no loss and Tom, you know, like was there, I understand that there was like no loss of contact really with your parents. Mm -mm. So, and because it was probably convenient as well, right? You know, like just just ask for I don't know, like ask for if if it was financial or just like feeling that you know, like at least there was like a safer haven somewhere that you could rely on. Well, I mean, they're they definitely set their boundaries pretty strict, and uh, I just wanted to keep in contact with them because they're my parents, you know? Um, but there was no loss of contact between us really besides the times when I just couldn't have my phone in, in treatment. Yeah. Um, so it never got to the point to where, you know, I wasn't talking to them or, or they weren't talking to me. Um, everything happened so quickly um, mm -hmm. that it just, it just happened like that. We didn't yeah. boot him out of the house, and he also worked. Um, so he had his own income, and there were and times for, when he had too much income. Yeah, and but, but but again, for both of you, this is reassuring. You know, like the, there is something reassuring, and you know, like kind of having like a a steady contact. You know, like just like 
you're you're st- <laughs> you're still letting their life like shit. All right, have a good day. You know, I can <laughs> talk mm-hmm. to you tomorrow, and you know, I can and keep like at least some some kind. Like I said, you know, like it's been um, it's been two years, and the last time we saw we saw each other, it was just like it, it, you know, like the um, the intoxication made it that the the look the last look I had from my son was just like angriness and 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 you know like anger 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 you know like he, he was so angry and felt that i was actually trying to throw him in the under the bus you know by 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 the bias of my lawyer for sure but it was just like i can't you know like i can't believe you know like i, I dare you saying that you know like those hundred dollars of electronic transfers are for drug transactions. You know, I'm like, well, it obviously is. You know? How dare you set a boundary with me? <laughs> you know, I mean, you're that? setting a boundary with him and that's all you can do. I mean, you can't, the disease itself is makes people do and say things they wouldn't normally do and say, and then they start to believe what they're saying and doing. Yeah. It's just yeah. a very twisted, uh, situation to be in the addictive mind and and all you can do is say i love you in sobriety i cannot be around you in your addiction and that's what you're doing you're setting a boundary and you can't give in and you and that's why i asked laura you know like the the option of you know like the the because you know like sometimes you talk to friends that don't understand addiction and you say well one of the options is that you may die yes and they don't, they're like, I can't believe you're saying that without like panicking or, or crying or I'm like, well, I have to, it, I have to almost prepare my mind that if that options, and I love what your therapist has said, you know, like, which is like, what could have you done? And what, you know, like, what, you know, like it's exactly what I did kind of like internally, which, which, mm-hmm. what, which is what can I do? Well, I can not change my cell phone number, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, like, cause that would be like a bad thing. You know, like you couldn't reach out to me. So I, I have to not change my phone number or email address. I have to be available if he ever reaches out. Um, besides from that, he knows exactly my position as his parent, you know? And so that's pretty much it. And so when I talk to people, I'm like, well, one of the options is that he gets arrested, hurts someone else, or hurts himself. And by hurting himself, it could mean uh, ODing and even dying from it. And well, I hope that he he experiences um, some sort of bottom where no lives are lost. And exactly. I think. As parents, all we can do is take care of ourselves and pray like hell. You you know, aside from writing them a letter and telling them how you feel and telling them what you're worried about and that you're there for him in sobriety and you always will be and you love him and your heart's broken for him. And, you know, I think that there are things that you you could do to make put your mind at ease if if God forbid something would happen or if you're this this. Um, this game continues for more years because Laura, I've seen it happen with other kids where 
the parents get overly involved in the in enable them in an effort to try to stop him, which you're not doing. You're not enabling them. But in you an have effort to, to hear try that, to- Laura, in our out of court agreement, he actually asks his lawyer to add a paragraph requiring me to not reach out to him ever. Oh, well. <laughs> so I I legally cannot write him a letter. <laughs> well, I'm that just I'm really really sorry. It's mind blown. You know, like for me, it's just yeah. again. You know, like it was just like you said. You talk. It's funny. You see, I love the image of like the kind of the God wink. You know, like where I would have been the first one as a call it loving parent or whatever to just like you know like a few months in that whole saga just like write a quick note or send a text or you know like just like try you know like he took care of that i can yeah. legally not reach out to him it There's has to come you can from do but him Greg. Yeah. There's nothing it, you can do but take care of yourself exactly not, it has to come from him your wife yeah, yeah it has to come from him um oh god god bless all of you i just think it's such a hard thing for it's, everybody it's a it's a crazy story and at the same time i'm like well you know like we 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 played our cards the best we could you know like i mean That's everyone right. involved you know like so it wasn't per- it wasn't perfect nobody is and so yeah i mean weird story um the the um so you do the 30 days tom and then you do the 90 days how long does it take before based on all these new boundaries that you know like first pisses you off and then you kind of figure out and you kind of mature through them how long does it take before you find kind of a balance of you know like what you know like kind of you know like everyone comes into place you know, like the son the mom you know like the dad you know like how long does it take before it kind of falls into the right normal places um in my brain both in your brain and i mean almost like everywhere because you know like i guess you know like there's a piece there's a part that is mommy and you know like it's mom and dad saying well, okay, you can't be here at home. And there there, there definitely must be like a, a pendulum effect where you say, I'm going to be independent here. You know, like where your mom is like, well, you can come have lunch and dinner. And you're like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, like where does it find this, this balance? It took, a, it took a while. I mean, I think it took f- for me to be living back in St. Louis for a couple of months to find the balance um so it took a couple of months definitely and i think it went vice versa it went both ways you know yeah mm-hmm. um no doubt so it it was uh you know like re-entering life <laughs> and so i had to kind of figure out the balances of everything and yeah i think becoming it was probably an, like becoming six an or adult. seven months yeah becoming an adult as well you know, I'm yeah. just fine. And, and yeah. And, um, the, the one thing that, you know, like I have to ask you is, you know, like, you know, like today, you know, like, you, you, by the way, 
thank you so much for sharing, you know, like your story, both, you know, like it, as a distinct story, but, you know, like as well as, you know, like kind of, you know, like the story you just, you know, like we, we just discussed. But um, what is each of you today a healthy physical, mental, and spiritual diet almost on a daily or weekly basis? Yeah, it's, it's uh, meetings, <clears throat> talking to other um, other alcoholics and other addicts that are sober, helping other alcoholics and addicts <clears throat> try to get sober, uh, physical fitness, working out, um, prayer, um, and just having a routine. I mean, just combining all of that together and doing that on a daily basis is what keeps me here. I agree with Tommy. I, I mean, I get up in the morning and I make my bed. I don't sleep late. I get up, make my bed. I feel pretty good. I have some books that I read in the morning, just uh, meditation books. Uh, I don't do anything perfectly. The only thing I've done perfectly is I haven't had a drink in 13 years. Um, other than that, if I screw up during the day or I'm not focused uh, on taking care of myself, believe me, it manifests itself in in uh, moods, fatigue, eating poorly, whatever. And you know what? You get to get right back on track the next day. And and certainly being outside is one of my saving graces. I like to be in nature and and uh, and uh, work out, and I like to be out in the during most of the day, frankly. And uh, my connection with other alcoholics is really important. I probably talk to at least one or two a day. Um, and we don't necessarily touch on really deep subjects all the time, but it's just connecting with somebody who gets me and I get them. So it's, um, and I'm telling you to be grateful. I mean, you think about what's going on in this world and, and it's easy to get into that rut of complaining and being discouraged. But, uh, I think, um, being grateful about making a gratitude list and, and, uh, because we really are. We really are powerless and we, we really are uh, very fortunate to be sober. And for me, that's the only way I can live the rest of my life with joy. And you know, what is the secret of success to have like the balance of, um, you know, like talking to your mother or talking to your son and at the same time, you're talking to another member of associations, right? Of member of, you know, like uh, of that kind of sobriety circle. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, like, were you able to find that balance where, you know, like you, either you, Tom, can I have a talk about, you know, like both, you know, like kind of, you know, like asking mother this, but asking as well, and like you as well as, you know, like a sober individual, you know, like what do you think of, you know, like, you, you yeah, because I mean, there, there, there seems to be, a, you know, I think there is a line that's drawn between the two, right? Oh, no, I don't, know. I, don't <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, I talked to her a lot about all types of stuff in, in sobriety. And <clears throat> so I think a lot of it's just trial and error. Yeah. He brings about some really fresh wisdom to the, to my program, though. I have to tell you, he keeps things a lot more simple than I do. And, uh, I think that that is a reminder to me to not complicate things in life. And, uh, I really value his input and the way he leads his life. And so we, sh we share conversations, but I think it's important that we have our own 
support system outside of family. And, uh, you know, that seems to be a good balance. Well, both of you are quite inspiring for me. You know, like, um, I mean, in a personal matter, I mean, like, I mean, I just hope that I can see something like this or similar to this comes through at some point in my own uh, fatherhood life. You know, <laughs> I hope so for you and your and your son that we speak of. I, know, I hope so. It's a, uh, it's um, and I, you know, like I'm sure. That, you know, like I, I couldn't wait to have that conversation. You know, like I wanted to have that conversation of, you mm -hmm. know, like the three of us, you know, um, both of your stories are inspiring, but it's also the combination of, you know, like kind of, um, there, you know, like there, there's definitely some pain of, of, you know, like of seeing your son or seeing your mom or, you know, like there's, there's pain, but the, the, what the lights that comes through is, um, is super inspiring and you know like i thank you for your time i thank you for you know like the all of those three shares that you know like i had with you it was uh it was a great time really well thank you for sharing with us and uh that's what we get to do and that's how we we make it through this and godspeed uh to you and your son and and your family and 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 thank you so much for having us on your your podcast we really really appreciate it yes thank you very much Thank the you. last thing you talked about Unraveled, uh, maybe you want to tell me a bit, tell tell the listeners a bit about, you know, like Unraveled, a book. It certainly. Uh, well, so Tom and I wrote a book together. It took us about three years. And the book is called Unraveled. And it's a story about, uh, primarily about Tommy, but um, it's it's an interesting book about our relationship, our relationship with our own addictions and and how we came through and surrendered and what we do today to stay sober. It's, uh, it's an amazing story. I think it took us again, three years to write it. And, uh, it's called unraveled, uh, mother and son story of addiction and redemption. And, uh, you can certainly get it in audible form, Kindle form. Uh, if you go to your mom and pop shop, it can be ordered or, in, and I hate to recommend that you go to Amazon, but, but that's another option. And I, and I hope that, that the book, reaches and touches people in a way that gives them some comfort, uh, no matter whether or not you're the mother or father or son or daughter of, uh, or friend of an alcoholic, it might bring, shed some light to the hope, uh, that is very real in recovery. Well, you know, like every links to finding you, uh, is going to be found on the description of the episode. Um, so, you know, like both for the books, but, um, I know there's a website as well. So, and, and your oh. social media links. So I'm going to, I'm going to providing, uh, the episode description, every links to get in touch with you. And, um, again, really thank you. Um, thank you. You know, like it was, uh, I had a blast. Oh, <laughs> thank, I you. Did too. thank you. Thank you so much. And nothing but good, uh, hopes and prayers for you and your family. And, And I uh, hope to stay in touch and we'll promote your podcast as well on our website, which is unraveledthebook.com. And we look forward to hearing uh, what you're doing next and how you're doing and, and listening to your, your other guests. So thank you Thanks. so much. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Tom. Take care. You take care. All right. Bye-bye.